0: Welcome to the Momo Experience. I'm your host, Monty Moderne, and today we'll be hearing four stories about fear from four amazing individuals. Each of these four people have faced their fears and overcome them in one way or another. Here are the two people who bought us these stories Jason Stark and Mike Brown. So, Mr. Stark, would you like to introduce our first story? Sure thing, Monty. Ghosts aren't real, or are they? Neiman Carr takes us into a story about her experience facing the worst thing known to man Bloody Mary. Don't say it 13 times and avoid mirrors. Your discretion is advised. Thank you, Mr. Stock. Let's roll the clip.
1: Hi, I'm Neiman, and this is my episode of my story of my fear of mirrors, and my story is called Isleptrophobia. So, growing up, I was a huge scaredy cat. I blame my oldest cousin for this though, as he would constantly scare me with his mask and made up characters like Bloody Mary among other things. I hate to blame him really, but he's definitely the reason I grew up being absolutely terrified of things like the dark and what's behind me as I'm going up the stairs when it's dark. My crippling fear however was positively Bloody Mary. Everything about that character is scary to me, and it makes me a little unsettled just writing about her. All because of Bloody Mary, I never wanted to look in a mirror for more than five seconds. I truly think this is what started my fear of mirrors. The definition says that it is an irrational fear of mirrors, but I personally do not see anything irrational in being scared of a fictional horror character coming out of the mirror, especially when you're really young. I have been over this fear for about one to two years and come to think about it, I may have never gotten over it if I still continued to live near my older cousin. I'm not actually sure if I'm still over this fear though because last night, my power went out for about an hour and it was pitch black and I was utterly terrified. And, And now I'm just unsure if I'm actually over this. Nevertheless, I now live about an hour away from my older cousin Once again, I do feel a little guilty for indirectly putting him at fault, but how else can I explain these fears starting? Looking at mirrors always gave me a gut-wrenching feeling. Like that something was going to come out of there and drag me in, or even worse, my own reflection being evil. I remember every time I had to go to the bathroom at night, this was ridiculous, but I have to say it. I would make my dad stand outside of my bathroom, as the stairs were right next to the bathroom, and all you could see was darkness, the terrifying evil darkness. I remember mustering the courage of going to the bathroom and having to leave the door open, with my dad facing the other way towards the stairs, half asleep. Well, even if he was half asleep, it sure made me feel secure knowing he was there. Another memory, I can remember like it was yesterday was a very vivid dream i had when i was younger about the character i mentioned earlier bloody mary was taking a walk with some family members near some houses and was glancing at the windows of each of the houses slowly while admiring my surroundings and the calm weather suddenly i see a face in one of the windows a horrifying face that must have scared me so much that i woke up terrified it's probably the only dream I remember that clearly, and probably the only dream that made my heart leap out of my chest like that. Now, was I rational to be this scared of things like the dark and a character like Bloody Mary? My parents definitely thought so, and I remember my dad talking to me about his experiences in India with ghosts. He might have said the story to me to remind me to be brave and strong, and that ghosts don't do anything, but it did quite the opposite. He basically just affirmed my fears of ghosts actually being real thought of a ghost haunting you is nerve-wracking. Regardless of all of my experiences, I now am much more braver regarding my fear of things like the dark and the mirror. I really have come to terms with the fact that fear isn't real. It's something that you create on your own. It's up to you whether you want to believe it or not. And that is my story.
0: Thank you for that story, Mr. Stark. Bloody Mary has terrified me ever since I was a young lad. And I'm British, so it would scare me even more. So, Mr. Brown, would you like to introduce the next story? Sure. Thank you, Marty. Have you ever experienced the fear of possibly drowning in water and not being able to come back to the surface? In the next story, Danielle Padama talks about the time she had to confront and challenge her fear of water as she completed a swimming test. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Let's hear this one.
2: Get in the water. I turned to the high-pitched voice of my swim instructor and met her blue-eyed stare. Although the sounds of splashes and whistles filled the room, it still didn't manage to mask my nervousness. I turned back to face my mother and wish her goodbye. Quickly, I squeezed her tight as if I was afraid she would let me go. To her liking, she pulled back first and gave me simple words of encouragement. You can do this. Silently. I nodded my head without once showing any hesitation to complete this test yet in reality i wanted to do anything but get into that pool this was my last swimming lesson in order to move up a level or i was going to have to redo all those swimming strokes it was not the fact that i would have to relearn the strokes that bothered me but rather that i would have to relearn with kids two years younger than me sure i was just eight years old at the time but I worked far too hard to move back a level just because I couldn't hold my breath for long. With a heavy sigh, I opened the white gate that provided access to the pool. The usual loud shriek of the metal was left unheard as the muffled voices in my head remained distraught. Terrified, I proceeded to walk on the slippery concrete to the pool lane. Thoughts aside, I put on my goggles, squeezed my lilac swim cap on, and jumped right into the strangely warm water. I felt odd tingles went down my spine. I was not sure if that was me being scared to fail or the weird temperature of water. My swim instructor told me all I needed to do was the classic submarine move. That required me to one, hold my breath until I got to the other side of the pool, two, remain underwater and do not resurface. I tried not to focus on the possibility of failing, but it hovered over my brain like a dark cloud. I cannot seem to get rid of it even if I tried to think of the possibility of passing. I remember countless questions going through my head at this very moment. What was I so afraid of? Was it embarrassment? Failure? Or was it the act of letting myself down? Once I noticed a girl's head pop up at the next wall, I knew it was game time. I did my typical sign of the cross fiasco for little prayer. As soon as I sank and pushed off from the wall in a tight, streamlined position, I began to kick and concentrate on my breathing. Halfway across the pool, I noticed how I could clearly see the other side. Automatically, my kicks became urgent. My heart began to beat erratically. Each breath became noticeably shallow, as if my body was pleading for help. Involuntarily, I gulped a large amount of water that tasted overwhelmingly salty. My legs felt like a worn-out shoe being constantly used until I gave up. It was as if they were twigs instead of two machines. It was this moment where the water felt almost murky or hard to swim through. Each pull and stroke I made through the water seemed useless. I could feel myself giving up. My legs began to feel rubberish as I attempted to increase my maneuver through the water. Eventually, I was met with the emerald tile wall and automatically pushed from the cold floor to ascend. With a huge gasp of air, I made it. My lungs felt like they could finally breathe again as I inhaled the chlorine air. Drops of water fell across my face, which made me strongly aware of how uncomfortably tight my swim cap was. I did it? It was hard to believe considering I used to avoid the deep end whenever I went to a pool party or a swimming lesson. I'd be embarrassed to tell my friends about my hidden fear of sinking underwater and being incapable of finding a way up. Whether I made it because of my prayers, my mom's wisdom, or fear of failure, I was able to challenge my fear. Now, whenever I find myself sinking, I can always count on myself to push through and swim.
0: That was a nice story. I loved how she could push through and make it to the end, even if she was scared. So would one of you guys like to do the honors of introducing this next story? I guess I'll go. Failure can really hurt you and make you scared of trying, but like Manjish Bhattacharya learned through his experience at math club, you can get through anything with effort. Hmm, this sounds like a very interesting chap. Let's hear it. In sixth grade, my mom decided to put me in this club called Math Counts. My mom loved to do math with me as a kid, and I liked to learn from her, but this was one of the first times I had ever done it officially. At the end of the year, we had to take a test. And after everything was done, the teachers and the parents would go inside the classroom to see how well their kids did. And I knew I probably wouldn't get into the top 10, judging I didn't do a lot of the homework I was assigned, but I was pretty sure I was going to get more than a participation award. And the club supervisor went down the list. I wasn't 10th, I wasn't 9th, I wasn't 8th, I wasn't 7th, I wasn't 6th, I wasn't 5th, I wasn't 4th, and I obviously didn't make it into the top 3. I was obviously disappointed, but I actually started crying when I found out that my mom said that she expected me to get something more than that. It was happening again. Ever since kindergarten, up till then, it was pretty obvious that I wasn't exactly one of the smartest kids in any class I was in. It felt like this since while everybody was stressing about getting straight A's, I was comfortable getting a B. I guess it is good that one of the lessons that my parents had always taught me as a kid is that the effort I put into something is more important than the actual result I get. And this was a good lesson, and I see the value of it. But it still stung when everybody did better than I did. The next year, I joined that club rather reluctantly. How could I join when I was such a bad student? When I barely did any of the work? When I could barely do anything? And when I told my mom that this was the reason, she reminded me of that lesson that she and my dad have been trying to teach me my entire life, that the result of my work isn't as important as the effort I put in. And with this lesson, I put as much effort in as possible. I actually went through every single problem, and I checked every single problem I got wrong. I stayed up nights doing this with my mom, seeing what problems I got wrong in all the worksheets. And through this, I was a bit more confident on the day of the test. But I was still kind of worried that it would happen again. Eventually, the day of the test came, and I felt more confident than last time. As I did the questions, I had a better idea of how I would get the answers, and I did everything I could. Eventually, the test was over and the results had to be called out. The top four scorers would make it into the official school team for the next round, and I was pretty sure I wouldn't make it that far, but I had hoped I could at least get into the top ten this time. And that night, the placements were called outside the building, It was chilly that night, but fortunately, I had a sweater on. Just like last time, all the parents were there to see if their kids made it. I wasn't 10th. I wasn't 9th. I wasn't 8th. The more the placements were called, the more I was sure I wasn't going to make it in. But this time, I'd at least put in more effort, so that was good. I wasn't 6th. I wasn't 5th. I was 4th. I was 4th! I was somehow good enough to make it onto the official school team, even if I wasn't in the top three. It was here that everything my parents had said made sense. I worked hard, and I did everything I could to get better, and it paid off. As long as I put in my best effort, I could overcome pretty much anything that got in my way, even fear. Wow, he sounds like a very bright and handsome young fellow. I would love to have him on the show. Our ratings would go so much higher if he was here. So let's hear about this last story. Anything new can be extremely discomforting, such as wearing glasses. In Pranav's story, we see how caring about what other people think becomes less important than learning how to express your differences. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Let's roll the clip.
3: I took a look around my first grade classroom to make sure no one else was here to find out my secret. Thankfully, everyone had gone home already. I shuddered at the thought of my classmates finding out I needed glasses. I couldn't even imagine wearing them in class. I felt the cold air from my classroom's vents hit my skin as I listened to my mom talk to my teacher. Despite my repeated protests, my mom had asked to talk to my teacher after I consistently refused to wear glasses. Nobody else in the class had to wear them, and I was afraid everyone else would think I was weird. So my mom was planning to try and convince me that wearing glasses was normal together with my teacher. The teacher started by showing that she had glasses too, which wasn't a very convincing argument. I had my mom translating what my teacher was saying since I didn't really know English at that point. As my mom and teacher talked, I looked around the toys in the room and I wished I could be home playing with my neighbor. My teacher made a final attempt to convince me by telling me about how kids in older grades had glasses, and that it made me look older and thus cooler when I wore glasses. In the end, none of this worked, since I continued to hate wearing glasses up until high school. The issue was that I was very afraid of what others think of me. Being an immigrant and having an accent certainly didn't help. If I accidentally said petrol pump instead of gas station in front of my friends, I'd get self-conscious, And become quiet. Or if I got a bad grade on a test, I'd keep it a secret in fear of looking dumb, but if I got a good grade, I'd still keep it a secret since I didn't want to look like a nerd either. This attitude stayed with me till high school, where I finally started to get over my fear. In ninth grade, I tried out for the school track team, where I met a very interesting person who was the complete opposite of me. I first noticed him when we were lined up, taking turns, running through a few hurdles while the coach watched our form. This interesting individual went ahead of me, and from his first try, it was clear he wasn't going to make the team. He was relatively short and almost fell over every time he jumped a hurdle. Naturally, many people in line laughed at him. What was interesting was that he came right back to the line to try again in fact he cut in front of some people who weren't paying attention so he could get more chances to have the coach see him and give him tips he was completely unbothered by the people laughing at him the same pattern repeated for all the events i saw him in i was very confused wasn't he embarrassed wasn't he afraid he'd make a fool of himself again in a way i was embarrassed for him the coach praised his perseverance but he ended up not making the team despite his best effort since the coach didn't have enough time to train him before competing. Throughout high school, I gradually became less fearful of what others think of me thanks to encouraging friends, teachers, and family. In my senior year, one of my friends introduced a person from track tryouts, and he joined my friend group. I had heard rumors about the stunts this person had pulled, embarrassing himself time and time again. I once asked him how he wasn't afraid of embarrassing himself. To my surprise, he replied by saying that of course he was afraid. It was just that his desire to not regret anything was stronger than his fear, allowing him to try his hardest in whatever he does. His attitude reminded me of a line from one of my favorite shows, The only time a man can be brave is when he is afraid, according to Ned Stark from Game of Thrones. He helped me realize that I was focusing too much on trying to be fearless rather than being courageous.
0: That was a wonderful finale. I love how seeing someone else fail so many times encouraged Pranav to keep trying. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for your time, Mr. Brown and Mr. Stark. No problem, Monty. Yeah, thanks. So, I'll take this time to give credits to everyone involved. Obviously, I would have to give a shout-out to the four writers. Neiman Kar, Daniel Padama, Manjish Bhattacharya, and Pranav Manoj. I would also like to give credits to Pranav Manoj for editing this entire thing, and I would like to give credits to Manjish Bhattacharya for giving us voices. I know it's weird that I said that, but just roll with it.